This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, footy heads and jumper washers, the tide has finally turned. The summer infernos that started in July are finally doused. Nature is back in its box. Footy lovers, Australia will weather this current virus storm. The nation will emerge from its darkest hour with time on the clock to score a win. There will be a golden dawn. New heroes and life will blossom across our drought-blighted, flood-drenched land. Yes, it's time to bump. It's time to thump. It's time to dump and celebrate on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Pull them up, pull them on, and pack down for bludging on the blind side with the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the leading light of long shots, H.G. Nelson. Let her rip, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Mudge, Cedric Espec, Sump, AO, torching the uh, blindside blue paper once again. Uh, that's the power and the passion of the Sumpster, camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth at the ABC Grandstand HQ. The Sumpster has asked me at the top of the spray to take a minute and congratulate and thank all Australians who stood at the end of their driveways for the Dawny this morning. It was an Anzac day like no other. I've got to say that right at the top of the show. I've seen a few, let me tell you. I camped on King William Street as a nipper in the pouring rain to watch the old man soldier down there in the second six-field ambulance unit. Oh, no, it was an unusual event, my very good friends. It was unusual down my end of the swamp. I saw neighbours I hadn't clocked in 17 years standing in the pyjamas waiting for the sun to signal an end of festivities. Everyone was reduced to rubble down my end of the swamp when young fractious Bruce would have stepped up and blew the post on a horn. Many may recall that FBW was a casualty of recent COVID-19 cutbacks at Rooting King Lodge. Bruce has since been living in a horse float and learning the horn online since the plug was pulled at his last place of employment. When he opened up the lungs and blew the last post on the baritone sax this morning about 5.30, no words, no words, just tears and memories. Like I say, an Anzac Day like no other. Sure, the kid's not perfect. He's only been on the horn for a fortnight. There are a couple of fluffs. But he put in, had a crack and tucked it away. And surely, my very good friends, my fellow Australians, that's the takeaway message from Gallipoli in 2020. Put in, have a crack, tuck it away. That's what I see the future. Job seekers, welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side in the footy season of 2020 and another blast of boot festivities, frenzies and frolics. Buffs, right-thinking patriots, God talks to me, pilgrims, TP hoarders looking for another role and mad football freaks, H.G. Nelson opening the blindside dig for another set of seven. What a week. What a week. What an incredible week. A week when too much sport is barely enough. And like many of you, I'm really enjoying this. Well, I'm loving it, in fact, this less is more approach to sport. Look, just a couple of looseners to get us rolling. And when there's less sport, we can really focus on the detail, the Cox. The Cox was in trouble this time last week, but now it looks as though the 100th Cox could be run at the Valley under lights. Under lights for the first time. I mean, talk about the modern world come to racing and the Cox. 
I mean, it's the greatest race in Australia, on the Australian calendar. And to think for the first time under lights in 2020, you won't forget it. You won't forget it, the drama. Socceroos legend Mark Schwarzer says the FFA has to remove state baits federations. I mean, this is a timely plea. Basically, the football federations are just, are just you know, it's a licence to roam nuts. That's how I see it, these state-based organisations. We've got to get the FFA singing, everybody singing from the same sheet. And 10 former Aussie skippers, it was 11 originally, but one dropped out. Uh, 10 former Aussie skippers call for a change at the top of Rugby Australia, claiming rugby, the game, has lost its way. I mean, what, what caused them to wait so long? Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go to get a go. Now, well, I'm super excited about this. It's, you can sense an unprecedented level of excitement. To get the blindside barge away from the wharf, let's talk to a man who zoomed into view on my iPad as the last strains of Brucey's Coltrane-influenced last post fell away this morning as the light tinged the gums. As soon as I saw him in the slouch hat, the jungle greens and a couple of World War II Dixies hanging from the belt, I knew he had gone over the top in 2020. He gave the Brendan Nelson oration from the steps of the Lithgow Fallen Heroes War Memorial in Main Street, Lithgow. His theme this year was Lithgow, a town built on bullets. The history of the Lithgow Small Arms Factory, the three-hour TED Talk covered all the big hits with a short magazine, Lee Enfield kicking it off, the Vickers, my favourite, the Bren gun, and the FN, their self-loading rifle. With the Bren, remember, all you needed was a couple of blokes, a place to lie and a couple of magazines each, and you could hold up an advancing column of the enemy for days, or at least until Andrew G's grandfather turned up with a length of rope, and then it was goodbye, oppo. And when it came to the demonstration part, you had to duck and cover. It was so realistic when he let a few go in your direction. The man who brought it all home this morning in Lithgow was Regimental Sergeant Major rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, can we get the blind, bludging on the blindside bunny emotion simply by asking what caught your restless eye this weekend sport? Sarge! Thank you very, 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 very much, H.G. Nelson, on this extraordinary day. And it is extraordinary. No matter how you measure it, it is extraordinary. But it's been what I'd consider a much better week for believers, HG, a much better week. There are green shoots of optimism in a deeply troubled landscape. That's what I'm seeing. So, who is to be the new Todd Greenberg, yeah. the new NRL CEO? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it needs, to be, it needs to be someone who's played the game, the greatest game of all. And the greatest, I think the greatest rugby league administrator we've seen in our time is the great John Quayle, a former player. Now, what you need in rugby league administration, as far as I'm concerned, you need to understand rugby league nuance. <laughs> you, you need to understand rugby league flavour, yes. rugby league culture. Yes. It's social dimensions. You need to understand its shade, its modulation, its palette. Mm -hmm. You need a rugby league palette to colour the administration of rugby league. That's what you need. You need a rugby league palette. Mm -hmm. Now, who's got a rugby league palette? I'll tell you who. Steve Blocker-Roach. I'm looking at Steve Blocker-Roach. I'm looking at Jeff Toovey. I'm looking at Paul Dunn. What we're going to do is get rid of the corporates... The corporates have torched the place. 
the corporate, the corporates bring nothing mm-hmm. to rugby league because they don't understand. They haven't got the palate. They've got the palate. Nuance. They've got the nuance. Mm. Oh, rugby league nuance. Where to start? Now, civil war has broken out in rugby Australia, as HG has alluded to. Uh, former captains have signed a letter of no confidence. HG's referred to this. Raylene Castle has fallen on her sword. Now, now, can you just imagine what Rugby Australia would be like if former captains ran the show? Hey, <laughs> eh? Clowns like Far Jones oh, don't get me or Nathan Sharp. Hey, what do you think, Sharpie? Oh, it's now it's going great. Composure. Not a clue. Not a clue. Uh, rugby league, rugby union is the most corporatised. Well, they're the Qantas Wallabies, for God's sake. Mm. It's the most corporatised code Sporting in the world. Mm. It needs someone the likes of, I, I don't know, David Gonski, Harry Trigoboff, someone who understands rugby union cultural nuance. Nuance. Which is to do with... How corporation, how corporations are managed. Mm. Now, uh, Rogers called for a merging of the WTA and the ATP. Sounds sensible to me. Rationalise both administrations so we don't have this two-tier, two blocks, two buildings, two... You, you get the idea. Just overlap, doubling up, rubbish. Uh, it sounds very sensible. Billie Jean King is on board. Uh, at least 40,000... Current ATP professionals and WTA professionals have uh, indicated that they're very keen on the idea. There's only one voice of dissent, one voice in the world, Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios. Mm. Now, golf remains an issue in Victoria for one bloke, that's Sam, Sam Newman. It's a a one-person bloody demonstration. Nobody else, very few others. Oh, Warney might be involved. Not much, though. I think Warney's gone a bit quiet on it. Daniel Andrews, mercifully, has remained unmoved. Uh, He just said to me quietly, oh, no, he said it publicly. I just happened to be in his presence. He's made it clear that golf will be the last thing opened in Victoria. The last thing. Now, uh, there's talk of Barry Hall versus Sonny Bill Williams. Yes. I'm calling this a noodles the stool. That's got a ring to it, hasn't it? It has. Noodles, Noodles v. Stool. Mm. Well, we'll try to get to the details of that a little bit later on in the program. You know, where it's going to be, how many people can go, social distancing, all this sort of thing. Doesn't apply to boxers? Not really. Well, it might. Don't know. We might have to uh, see what Brendan Murphy's thoughts are on that matter. Now, as AG, HG has alluded to, it is Anzac Day and our thoughts, my thoughts... This year have turned, in the address I gave in Lithgow earlier this morning, was I reached out and looked at South Australian Rugby League because it's a beautiful army story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was formed by soldiers in training for the First World War. Training in South Australia, they started playing rugby league. Uh, they went on on the 24th of May 1914 to play Great Britain, who was out here touring. They were beaten 101 to nil. But it was a terrific... Ah, you know, generated a lot of talk around yeah. Adelaide in 1914. Yeah. And the 11th of August... Oh, well, it, it gave me 100 five. points in the first <laughs> half and, and one, one in point. the second. Yeah. That's right. Mm. 
The 11th of August 1948 saw the Australian tour team that was about to tour Great Britain, the Kangaroos. They played South Australia uh, and won 96 to 5. So South Australia obviously got a converted try somehow. Yeah, vast I mean, improvement. Yeah, vast improvement. And on the um, 18th of May 1955, France, the touring French, French team, played South Australia and won 48 to 10. So again, an improvement in South Australian Rugby League. In the 1940s, there were four army teams that were based in Woomera, the Woomera Rocket Range, as it would have been known then, HG, and they played at Hawthorne Oval, which mm-hmm. you're probably familiar with. Oh, I, it's I'm a beautiful not. ground. It's a beautiful, beautiful rugby league ground. ground. Yeah. Rugby league compliant. Yeah. Right in South just Australia. Just concrete all the way. Now, I'm just wondering, HG, if it's time for just one room in the War Memorial to explore these heroes of South Australian Rugby League. Just a small room, doesn't have to be big, but just for those, to pique the interest of those from South Australia, from all over Australia. Are you putting out a call today for I people am. who have memorabilia yes. from these areas? Yes, from, this from area. South Australian from Rugby League, yes. yes. To get in touch, to get in with, touch the with the War Memorial. I've Sabre. spoken to Kerry Stokes, not much, uh-huh. just a little about it, yeah. and he's very interested. Very interested. Very, very, very interested. His words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Very interested. Now, uh, you know, I'd like to see it, uh, the size of the room be the dimensions of a rugby league field. Oh, easy. And then down easy. One you, side. you might have difficulty in Canberra, but I tell you what, the Monash Centre at uh, Villas Brittany. Yeah, that's got uh, heaps well, what, of room. I, I've had no news of that. What's Nor going me. on there today? Nor me. Very quiet. Yeah. The Villas Brittany front. Haven't heard a thing. Now, a hero that is Anzac medalist John Millman, terrific player. Uh, he wants prize money reduced in world tennis and siphoned off for struggling players, those players between 700 in the world and 500 in the world. It's a socialist idea, but it's gaining some traction, especially with uh, Roger Federer and uh, Rafa Nadal. And Nick Kyrgios? Uh, Nick has said nothing right. at this stage, mm-hmm. but I know he's vehemently opposed to socialism. <laughs> and finally, Novak Djokovic is opposed to vaccination. I'd suggest as vehemently as Nick Kyrgios is to socialism. And Andrew Bogut has questioned this week the need for our French, French-made submarines. Make of that what you will. What makes Australia great? Rugby league and bludging on the blind side. HG. I know you're the biosecurity expert for the NRL and, you know, obviously a secret. You're in mm. mufti, so to speak. I'm not allowed to talk about it. No. Yeah. Yeah. But can I ask, just for a start, yep. will, um, you know, household products be part of the regime uh, yes. in terms of uh, should a player, you know, a key player come down with, mm. uh, you know, a, a touch? With of symptoms. Symptoms. Mm. Will you be thinking of reaching for the Pino Clean and a big syringe? It's an interesting idea. Look, what can you lose? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, exactly. You know, it's never been done, uh, and we've got to look at. We've got to think outside the box. I, I know these ideas are coming from overseas. Yeah, um, and very interesting ideas. Yeah. This idea, the which steals a little from Pete Evans, uh, from MKR Manu's mm-hmm. mate. Uh, of getting light inside the body. See, light kills this particular virus, HG, light. Yeah. Now, if you can get intense light inside the body, I mean, that can't be that hard, can it? I, I, well, I mean, surely we could 
Last week we broke a story mm. concerning what's the Biocharger NG subtle energy platform. It puts out an enormous amount of light. Yes. This, this uh, is Pete's, Pete's lamp. <laughs> Pete's lamp. That's yeah. right. Which I noticed the Therapeutic Goods Administration has taken a dim view taken of it. Taken a very dim view of it and, and fined him something like $25,000. <laughs> now, I don't know. Has anyone tried the lamp? Anyone with the... With the gear, with with the bug. anyone suffering from yes, this? The bug. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, can I just ask? And what do you do? Do you lie in front of it in the nude? Do you do you put it down your throat? What do you do oh, with Pete's lamp? Put it down your throat. Well, surely you want to deposit Pete's lamp into your lungs, where it can do some good. Do some good there. Yeah. Look, I can't answer. No, this I question. don't know. Yeah. No, you I don't understand. But do I they have the therapeutic goods administration. They tried it. <laughs> they looked at Pete's stuff. Have they tried his paleo diet? Yeah, he's got a track record. He's got ideas. Ideas. Yes. About health yeah. and food. Now, coming to the question of the uh, your job with the NRL. Yep. Look, as nearly as I can tell, rugby league, if it starts on the 28th of May, is, splitting for a special, is pleading for a special case. Yes. Meaning that it appears that there's no soot, there's no uh, CMO, no. there's no hunt involved. No. It's just rugby league going it alone. Yep. Uh, and saying we're going to start playing on the 28th and we've worked out these things where you, obviously you're involved, you can't reveal too much. I can't reveal too much, no. About what you're doing and yeah. how, how you're pre- preventing yep. the players from coming in touch with the, the virus yep. and coming down with the virus and what you'll do when they come down with the virus, which sounds to me as though you Well, they'd got... be weirded out, obviously. Yeah. They'd be weirded out pretty early on. There'd be a lot of testing going on. Uh, testing every couple of hours. I don't want to say too much. No. But there would be testing every couple of hours. Once you've given but, them a big hit of Dettol? Oh, yeah, Dettol yeah. will be about, for sure. For sure, sure, sure. Pinoclean, as you say, and there are a few other products we're looking Harvey. at as well. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I'll put no. that on the list. Thank you very much, HG. Good recommendation. <laughs> Look, my understanding is that we'll be looking at um, what I'd call Class A Australian citizens Mm-hmm. And Class A Australian citizens have a dispensation to cross borders uh, without having to go into the 14-day mandatory lockdown. These would be all ticketed rugby league are, players? Well, to begin with, yes, and some administrators. Now, mm-hmm. we have a, a, an example of how this would work, HG. We had, I think, Kerry Stokes blew into Australia recently, blew into Perth at least in his private jet, didn't have to go into lockdown because he's a Class A Australian. Right. So that enabled him to fly from Perth to Canberra to be at the War Memorial this morning for the ceremony uh, without having to again go into the 14-day mandatory lockdown. And I assume that uh, he and his partner will be flying back home probably as we speak. Uh. They'll be flying back to Perth. Now, that's what I call a Class A citizen. Mm -hmm. Now, rugby league players will, as nearly as I can tell, have similar classification. And once that's happened, they'll be able to move, travel, about. move about between New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland, Queensland. with uh, virtual impunity. Right. And are you uh, thinking that you're going to have to get a stamp on the hand as you come in? Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. Come into the rooms, uh, say, one Monday yes. to say, uh, yes, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a player. Yes, yes. Jason Tomalolo, yes. you can go anywhere you like. Pretty much, yes, yes. Now, it would be in the form of like a passport, HG. It would have the photograph of the player, yeah. the player's position. A um, book of where they go. A book of where they go. Yes. Uh, and, and of course, it will be monitored. Every, every movement will be monitored by this new technology that uh, 
that uh, we're, we're the app, the app that the yes. prime minister has been very, pushing, very, yeah, yeah, which is very, very important, and meeting resistance in some places in Australia. Roy, is that yeah. your understanding? That, that is my understanding yeah. because I think a number of local companies wanted to provide the storage for the information that comes from uh, these yeah. mm. the the app within the phones, but it's been. Uh, I, th- I think an American company has won the contract and there is some concern, privacy issues, that the American military and the American police can access information and know exactly what Australian Rugby League players are up to. And a lot of people are upset about that concept. The AFLW supports the Bathurst bid to become the motor racing capital of the Southern Hemisphere. This is Bludgeon on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. And now, Roy, obviously you've been at a lot of meetings this week and uh, yep. it does seem as though the sticking point for a while was nine, but nine are now on board and uh, obviously the NRL and nine and uh, uh, sort of obviously having some discussions with Foxtel to get the broadcast partners in line. Yes. What do you think, that, what sort of shape is the season going to have? I've been hearing big things of a 17-week competition, but That's then right, there's right. other suggestions that it might be as much as 20 yep. rounds and then it blows out to obviously a final series and then obviously the suggesting state of origin at the end. Is that your understanding? That's my understanding, yes, yes. Look, I, I haven't had much much to do with uh, Project Apollo mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. uh, but I know they've got some pretty exciting announcements to make on Monday and or Tuesday. Now, this, may n- th- this was all predicated on getting Channel 9 over the line uh, Foxtel was right on board. Yes, from the very, start. Very keen right from yeah. the start. But it was Skid Marks at Channel 9 who was digging in the Nine's heels and, the heels. Uh, and had to be dragged over the line. And I take my hat off to Volandis. He uh, dragged mm. Channel 9 kicking and, kicking and screaming over the line. Yes. And that's what a good administrator has got to do. Mm-hmm. You, I, I mean, you, can't, you cannot suffer fools. No. Now, I'm not saying Skid Marks is a fool. No. But he was looking like one because Channel 9 relies, needs local content, although that's a little bit in abeyance at the moment, but it needs rugby league. It needs its numbers up. So why hasn't Gladys Berdickley and the New South Wales yes. Premier come right up behind Volandis yes. with these suggestions about rugby league? Because it looks to me as though Volandis mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, obviously Nine are going ahead without any reference to, no. you know, soot. No, but uh, I assume CMO sure. or Hunt. No, I know, but I assume there's what I'd call a backdoor discussions yes. going on Good. between Good. Barilaro, Vlanders. Barilaro, very keen on league. Yes, Barilaro, Barilaro, uh, Skidmarks, Vlanders, and Berejiklian. And possibly Palaszczuk, although I'm not sure. Yeah, Palaszczuk seems to be the person who's uh, most She's out of the, the loop. She's most difficult to, yeah, she's yeah. Well, well out of the loop and doesn't want to be in the loop. Well, her, her position, is, if I don't want to put words in her mouth, no. seems to me that the evidence of the medical safety of this hasn't yes. been demonstrated to her. No. It appears that nothing's been demonstrated to her, but no. that's a separate issue. No. Well, she's saying that the NRL hasn't even bothered to phone her. I know. I think we broke that story, we broke a, week that story so. a week or so. And yeah. no one's bothered to pick up the phone. You no. know, that's what bothers me about Apollo. Yes. I mean, I love the concept, yes. but it doesn't seem to be ticking all the boxes. No. Can I put it that way? No, no, no. It's not as though it's just but about it's ticked them. it's more boxes now than it had a Absolutely. week ago because they've dragged the skid over the mark. 
quiet Australians raise the Olympic gaze and reset the controls for July 2021. Stand by for a golden shower in Tokyo. Hunters, stay up to date with updates right here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, uh, Bludging on the Blind Side, uh, obviously Anzac Day special. Roy, what have the drums been saying? Uh, look, uh, we've been. Uh, Simon's been in touch, HG, and Simon says that he played representative rugby league for South Australia uh, in the under-17s. Yes. In about 1986. Oh, that's a fantastic memory. He'd probably know Hawthorne Oval. <laughs> he would. You'd have to imagine. Uh, he said, we played one match versus Victoria in oh. Melbourne. We got the Greyhound bus over and got absolutely pummeled by the Victorians who cheated and played a bunch of 20-year-olds. What? Apparently. Rugby league, it's always up to something. Well, right? he says, does that give me enough understanding of the nuances <laughs> to run the game? I'm available. That's Simon from Croydon Park. Simon, I would send your CV directly to... Um, Peter Volandis. Peter Volandis, immediately. Yeah, I would too. Yep. That, that sounds exactly what we're looking for. Yep, yep. That's the, exactly the nuance. Remember, when we talked about Here Come the Townies, uh, yep. Andrew Stark's magnificent book about the Central Coast Rugby League, mm. remember, of course, the team that won in, I think, uh, the, you know, the flu, 1919, yep. the yep. Terps and Milk and all that sort of yep. stuff. Great cure. Yep. And for God's sake, somebody send that to Trump, will you? Because yeah. that would be one that I'd Well, he hasn't to... thought of Terps, has he? No. It's one of the few things he hasn't thought of. <laughs> anyway, remember, of course, the controversial season in 1919 was mired because the team that won it had played ring-ins. Yes. They uh, brought in professionals, didn't they? <laughs> they did. Mm. They did. It's, it's a fantastic story. And remember, of course, that that's so long ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, See, the, nu the nuance was there. Right from the very beginning. Right from the very off, wasn't mm. it? Right from the start. That, that, that palette, that rugby league palette mm. that you need. Now, coming back to the story, and I don't want to dwell on this today, but can I yeah. just finish up by saying that it does concern me that what is good for rugby league mm. has to be seen as good for society generally. So if they push on with the 28th yeah. as a kickoff day, yeah. then that means that all, everybody else who's involved in similar things should be able to be able to go from the 28th. Now, the infectious... Well, hang on. Only if yeah, they're no. Class A citizens, HG. You can't have... Oh, true. We can't have Class Bs deciding to, all right, we're going to play doubles and, you know, and we're going to go to the beach and <laughs> lie on a towel and sunbake. And how about Class C? Well, indeed. They'll be playing cricket. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. See, and then you get civil disobedience and then you've got You've rest, got America. You, well, then we've got, the, we've got the army involved. I know. Now, infectious diseases experts are divided over the NRL's plans to restart the competition made the 28th, yeah. with leading authorities saying football is not an essential service. Ha! Huh, who said that? That clown Murphy? That, correct. Brendan Murphy? Him. Pinhead? Yep. Expert. Expert. Who needs him? Volanders, come on down. Blockage in the pipe. Mm -hmm. Isn't he? He is. This fellow. So the development comes as Australia's chief medical officer, the aforementioned uh, Murphy, said there would be an exception that sporting codes would need a national cabinet to sign off on their return. A national cabinet? Is this the, the uh, sports team. The sports No, sadly. You mean with Jimmy Molan? With Jim Molan, yeah. Jim Molan, that's really good. Yeah. No, uh, that'd probably give him the green light. You mean light the official already. cabinet? Yeah, you know, that one that meets every day. What, with... Hard state ministers takes. Uh, oh, the national home. one with yeah. with Berejiklian and Palaszczuk. Ah, Project Apollo Task Force is putting the fishing touches to a fifty-page document. 
Oh, that'll this is breaking. Yeah, 50-page document outlining the code's biosecurity measures as uh, developed by Roy Slaven mm. before disseminating at clubs for their feedback. So the clubs don't even know what they're getting into yet. No, they don't. And nor does the Players Association. Now, they're, the players are yeah. very cautious. Very cautious. The protocols that will be submitted to federal and state governments to address any concerns mm. they may have about the resumption of play. This is coming from the nine newspapers. The NRL believes the measures will ensure... The players will be subject to safety standards more stringent than the rest of society. That's hard to imagine. Despite the fact that they'll be colliding into each other in one of the planet's most brutal contact sports, according to Nine. Now, uh, some experts remain sceptical. University of Sydney people have said the restart date was presumptuous. Presumptuous. And said it was sending a wrong message to the rest of society. I understand the business imperative and there's an element of well uh, where it is important for social and mental well-being for people to play a rugby league, et cetera, et cetera, normalcy. Now, it goes on. The federal uh, government and the Minister of Sports Office are obviously in ongoing discussions with NRL. There hasn't been any formal process seeking approval from the Australian Health Protection Principal Committee to this commentator's knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Murph again. We haven't been asked for formal advice at this stage. Project Director, sorry, Project Apollo Director and Commissioner Wayne Junior Pierce mm-hmm. said on Wednesday the third round of the Premiership would definitely start on May 28th. May 28th. Now, That's the New South Wales government yep. hasn't changed the position since Pierce's comments yes. with formal approval yet to be granted. The public health orders do not permit uh, prohibit the NRL from restarting the season. Uh, as government spokesperson said, the health minister <laughs> did not respond to the Nines newspaper's request. Yeah. Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton was scheduled to speak with ARL's chairman, Peter Valandis, yesterday, that's midweek, in an interview on GB, that's a radio station out of Sydney, uh, said he was supportive of the NRL restart but not acknowledged the Warriors would need to be an exception. That's the Warriors, the team from New Zealand. So well, they said, well, Nuance, Roy, nuance. Nuance, yes. Do we know if the Warriors have landed yet? Have they taken off I from Auckland? So. No, they haven't. I don't think they have. It's a it's difficult a, problem, look, isn't it? Are you seeing? I mean, look, you're I, close look, to I the know, action. I know Peter Flanders very well. Yeah, mention that. <laughs> I think what's going to happen here is—is is he going to drag somebody else over the line? Uh, well, I think he will. Mm-hmm. I think what you'll find is on the twenty-eighth, rugby league will be played, whether it has government approval or not, right? And Flanders is going to say, "All right, we're playing rugby league. What are you going to do?" Arrest us. If you are an Australian confused by the terms multi, pick the score, first try scorer or pick the margins, Bludging on the Blind Side provides a free helpline service. Dial 1-800-BACKDOOR-BENNY and make an appointment for the whole family. Now, and this is a great good news story publicity-wise because MasterChef needs help with the publicity away from the story of just cooking food, which it's got in spades. It's yeah. done that. Yep. So the MasterChef uh, or the mystery surrounding MasterChef contestant, Benny Ungerman, mm-hmm. his arrest continues to build public momentum. His arrest, did you arrest, say? Arrest. Arrest. It's amazing. The, the ice master, cream king. The ice cream kid is banged He's, up. No way. Yeah. What's he done? Well, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, to build public momentum as a deafening silence intended to help the situation blow over has, has the opposite effect, according to Murdoch Press. Yes. Production company said the Ipswich man had been involved in police matter for of a personal nature but a refused... police to, matter? Uh, yeah, refused to comment further. What, dressing like a policeman while he's cooking or something? Is that what they mean? 
I hadn't thought of that. Or delivering. Delivering as a policeman. Yeah, and breaking, you know, protocol. Yes. Being able to deliver to Knocking at the door. Yeah. You want to try my ice cream? Yeah, that could sort I of come thing? in? Yeah, exactly. Yes, officer, I'll try it. Officer Ungerman, <laughs> would you like to come in? <laughs> now, uh, now, where are we up to here? It was the mm. personal nature, obviously, but the broadcast at 10 also wouldn't be drawn on the mystery with Ungerman, still featuring on air, but set to depart over the coming weeks. Right. Now, that's a bit weird, isn't it? It's going to be know? weird. How are they going to explain it? And who's going to explain it? Is, 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 is it the Donald Wears Your Trousers man, Jock? Is it left to Jock? <laughs> to come up with to a say, hey, well. <laughs> well, or the person in the hat, which got all the talk this week. Oh. I love the hat. Oh. Why didn't Maddie and them think of a hat? This is Melissa, Melissa's hat. Yeah. Mm. We can confirm Ben Ungerman has left the MasterChef competition. Obviously, they're mm. filming ahead. Ungerman is one of the bigger personalities on the current series. Is that how you saw it, Roy? One of the bigger personalities. Bigger personalities, is he? I mean, he has got enormous personality. I suppose he has. Uh, which, has been, uh, which has seen famous faces from previous seasons, like Poe, etc. Oh, come yeah. Back. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the person who cooks with the nitric, uh, liquid nitrogen. That's Reynolds, yeah. Well, yeah. Come well, back. Reynolds on my short list, I have to say. I think it's between Laura, Callum, Danny and Reynolds. Right. They're your big four. Yeah, they're my big four. You didn't have Benny in there? No way. No. no. Yeah. I think Ben's rubbish. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, his ice cream's fine, but you can, it's limited, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can't serve ice cream three meals, you know. You, you, some people week would love in, week that. out. But there's no nuance. Well, what do you got here for us, Ben? Ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, <laughs> oh surprise me. Now, so bigger personality. But avocado ice cream. And oh, yeah, Vegemite ice cream. Vegemite yeah, ice cream. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it. rubbish. Um, a little, little lemon zest, though, can oh, turn pick up an ice cream. <laughs> Con, uh, now, Confidential's investigation, this is uh, Murdoch Press, mm. show Ungerman does not have any uh, court dates coming up in Victoria, New South Wales, who's home state of Queensland. Right. So that's interesting. So now, he's been seconded by the police to work underground, undercover. He's, 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 in, uh, he's in a kitchen, he's mufti. A, Yes. In disguise, I should say. Yes, looking for, yeah. say, people doing the calabash. What's that, that big bloke there? Gee, he makes good ice cream, doesn't he? What's he, he doing here? Could he make it on television, that bloke? <laughs> anyway, the only past court date was in 2017 mm. when he was uh, convicted on a low-range drink driving. Another interpretation of the uh, the makers, the producers' show is yeah. that Ungerman could himself himself was not arrested but might have been a victim of the police matter yeah. and he left the show to, of his own volition to personal nature of the incident. Anyway, it's baffling. Confidential, this is the uh, people who, the sleuths. You mean it's a murder. police matter but nothing to do with the law? Is that what they're suggesting? How does that work? Uh, no, what I meant was he might have been a victim of a robbery. Oh. You know, or, he, oh, yeah. or somebody, oh. I tell you what. Someone sneaked like, his ice cream machine or something or like that. Or recipes. Nick Take these recipes yeah. for the avocado ice cream. Yeah, and the Vegemite ice cream. Mm. Uh, but would that prompt him to leave the show? Well, it would if it was something like, you know, I was just thinking, you know, somebody close to him who might have... Oh, who did it. Yeah, you know. And, and so now he's he wounded, bad, like his yeah, best yeah, mate or something. Yeah, well, nicked yeah. all his recipes. Yeah, easy to see. Dressed that, as a policeman. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Uh, his longtime manager and friend who is only known as Shads. Shads? Yeah, Shads. Right, huh? Uh, who refused to comment. Sources close to the chaps uh, said he's been disappointed with how the issue has been managed, which is again fueled by another comment he made on Instagram saying, don't believe everything you read, guys. Ah. 
Uh, since placing runner-up in MasterChef in Season 9, he has success personally with an invitation to return to the All-Star season. Yeah. He recently celebrated his one-year anniversary with uh, South African TV and radio personality uh, Leanne Williams, who oh, yes. visited uh, in February. Yep. Prior to that, the pair were on holiday in Indonesia. So things seem to be going really Chickety well. Chickety-boo in the Ben world. And then and suddenly and the it's return. called pear-shaped. I know. Pear-shaped. Pear recipes, ice cream. A little bit of lemon zest. <laughs> it's all great. Now, how have you seen the competition this week, though, Roy? As, are you, yeah. Are you pleased with the way it's... I am. I, look, I, I, I think everywhere I go, not that I go anywhere. Because you can't. But the one time I did go out, I did overhear people talking about it, mm-hmm. talking about how I thought how terrific the competition was and the standard is through the roof, HG. And did you think... Through the roof. I've heard criticism of the Donald Wesley Trousers bloke. I have. Yeah. You can't resolve from that, Roy. I'm not residing. No talk of residing. No, no, no. But people seem to be warming to Melissa. She's straightened up the way she eats. She doesn't do weird things anymore with the food before eating it. And uh, Andy seems a you know genial sort of fellow. Now, so there was it's just jock is the the sort yeah. of difficult. The difficult. He'll warm up. He'll warm up. I don't know if he's a Pete Evans type or not. No, did they miss Gordon this week? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I, I think they did. Now, can I also ask also is... Because Gordon was yeah, like yeah, a colossus. Yeah. I know, colossus. He's Mr. Yeah, Food. Yeah. And I assume Curtis Stone will be in next week or someone like that. Can I ask, did you think they were favouring... I saw a lot of chat that they were favouring a contestant over others, maybe making it a little bit easier oh. for this contestant to slip on through. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Uh, yeah, there was a fair bit of, uh, you a know, bit chat. Of social chat about that? Yeah. Well, they're wrong. Rugby League supports NATO, the CSIRO, the ANZUS Pact and the World Health Organisation. No other sport has made such a commitment. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, uh, welcome to the uh, Bludging on the Blind Side on this special, special uh, day uh, where we're thinking of uh, fallen comrades. And speaking of uh, people who aren't being considered today, Mm. can I put in a word for referees... Yes. Touchies and timekeepers in this brave new world that Volandis is cooking up. Yes. Are they going to be class A's? They'd have are, to be. They, are, they're going to go into quarantine? Yeah. You know, are they going to have to take their families across borders? You know, are they going to have... Oh, I family mean, members. Oh, what a good question that is. You I mean, mean, have they thought okay, well, okay. Nuance. Right. Nuance, right. Okay. If, if Kerry Stokes is our class A citizen model... Yes. ...then family can go with you. And you can go back. And go back, yeah. Yeah, without having to worry about the 14. Well, yeah, without the 14 days, nonsense that, you know, Class Bs have got to put up with. Now, can I just uh, jump to the AFL? And I must confess that the AFL has been very more, you know... Much they're on more, the back foot, aren't they? Much more circumspect about yeah. all of this. And they're but s- they're looking at what rugby league's doing, I think. Oh, I, I would imagine so, with, mm. a, with a very keen eye. Yep. Now, uh, the AFL... Games are set to restart as soon as June, mm. as the league obviously uh, negotiates with every state and territory to add the final pieces of a localised hub model required because of the current circumstances. Yes, hubs, I like that. Hubs. Now, the murderer, mm. isn't that an apt phrase to describe Gillam McLaughlin in this yeah. current era? Well, I mean, the, some people are made for the times, aren't they? They are. They are. I mean, he's watching... He's watching the murders happen mm-hmm. and he hasn't got to do a thing. <laughs> it's all being done for him. Absolutely right. I mean, they could drop a couple of clubs, the AFL. They could. And, yep. you know, he'd walk away scot-free <laughs> as he always does. As he always does. Is there um, any talk of him taking advantage of this hiatus HG to get rid of a couple of clubs? Well, I was reading it the other way around. I don't think that, you know, mm. 
any realistic look at the AFL that could think that all these clubs can survive because no. most of them, are, literally most of them, apart from four apparently, are complete busted Com- ass yes. operations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now McLaughlin told the clubs late. Um, let's see, fr- Thursday yeah. revised twenty twenty fixture would not be unveiled next Monday as previously suggested. You see, the murderer mm. moves in mystery. Yeah. He understands. Makes nuance. a price, walks away. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I was going to say turds on him. Now, um, then uh, been postponed with uh, to work with the government and state and federal authorities. Now, are you thinking that? Okay, so they're taking a different approach to are. rugby league. Rugby league has put up the pillars, got everything ready, and then they're going to go correct to get approval. That's, that's how, they're going to bludgeon the murderer their way has decided to kill it stone dead right from the off. Yes. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, the, an announcement is more likely to connect with the Victorian government's forthcoming decision regarding coronavirus restrictions in the lead-up to May 11. Yep. Uh, but McLaughlin will uh, then unveil a return to training deadline yeah. along with a calendar for matches at two or three centralised national locations. Now, this is where it gets a bit weird. It does. Uh, am I right in thinking that the rugby league would play at a number of venues as opposed to, you know, the hub idea that, uh, you know, the murderer is cooking up? Yeah. Look, these details we won't know until Monday or Tuesday. True. Oh, of course. When of Commissioner course. Pierce delivers. Yeah. Yes. Announces what yeah. the schedule will be. Yeah. So the AFL will present a detailed hub proposals to state governments, you see, along with the Northern Territory. Yeah. In the coming so there'd days. be a South Australian hub. There would be a Victorian yeah, hub. Yeah, yeah. I'm not completely. West Australian hub? Maybe. Mm. What they're looking at is uh, at some points, I can't remember whether it's the Olympic, uh, sorry, whether the a- a- AFL or the Rugby League is yeah. looking at Olympic Village model. Oh, okay. Everybody in a Well, I like that. Yeah, I know I like that. Who doesn't? That's a very sensible yep. idea. And it's a great idea having all the players so close over a long period of time. Yep. And away from, you know, obviously... Away from prying eyes. Yeah, or, you know, surfaces that may not be disinfectant. Yes. Um, now, with the Northern Territory in the coming days, this mm. is the hub idea, in the hope that venues, accommodation and training facilities can be confirmed... Yes. ...over the next two weeks. It now, it now looks unlikely that one concentrated hub in Victoria will take place, right. though the MCG and the Marvel are, remain strongly in the mix. Yeah, right. So that's possible. Now, one thing that one thing that uh, occurred to me was that in the lead up to this, I don't think players can train in numbers. Yes. So you get yes. this weird thing where players are playing with mm. training with mates, one mate. Yeah, one mate. Now that pushes the protocol because you're not meant to be outside your house or yeah. with with other people. Oh, you're allowed outside if you're training. Sorry, or if you're exercising. Yeah, exercising. Sorry, and you're allowed to exercise with one other person. With one other person, yeah, yeah. as long as they're not too close. Right. But on game day, of course, that all changes. And how do you train as a team under these Correct. conditions? Now you've, now That's why we've got the Class A concept, yeah. Class A citizens. And is that Class A idea something you've put to the NRL? Yes. And see, yes, and they yes. – and you've said – They like the idea of it. Yes. I, I, I mentioned and Project it, Apollo? Yes. Well, I did mention it, Project Apollo. Yes. I've mentioned a couple of things. The, the other idea I've had, HG, I don't know if this is the time to raise it or not – but it seemed to me if we moved Christmas to, say, the 25th of February. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going where this is going. And declared winter yes. to run up until, say, New Year's Day. That's it. 
This would open That's up it. much it more would time. Open up, it, it would, look, it would allow it, the window yeah. to stretch just a little bit. What a common sense solution. It's a common sense solution, Have you, I you, think. You know, you go travel around on PT, yeah. I know a lot, you, you yeah. do a lot. Have you raised this with anybody you've bumped into who might have sat three or four seats away from you at PT, on <clears> PT? Look, How'd you like Christmas on February the 25th? 25th, yeah. You'd have to shout, yeah. obviously. Well, what gave me the idea, actually, is so often on the Blue Mountains you have Christmas in July. Oh, of course. And people love that. You oh, get they... murder mystery games yeah. and people dress up. Plum pudding. Plum pudding. And money in the pudding. That's and right. Mm. Dripping on toast and all the things people <laughs> loved back in the day. <laughs> all of that. But it's great. And it seemed to me, well, if some people can have Christmas then, why, can why can't we as Australians decide that Christmas Day this year is going to be the 25th of February... 2021. Now, are you suggesting that mm. um, we develop business protocols to yes. emerge from the COVID-19 yes. and we do a big run of, say, starting off with Australia Day? Yes. Big opportunity for marketing. Yep. Green and gold, all that stuff. It's funny stuff on the cars, sure. all that sort of stuff. You know, beach yep. picnics, to, you can't play two up, etc. Sure. Then you move on to Valentine's Day, February the 14th, mm -hmm. and your big bunger in there is yeah. February the 25th. Christmas. Christmas Day, yes. You can either do it that way, HG, or have what I'd call a six-week hiatus where dates stop. Yes, I'm liking the nuance of this. Yes, dates. Let's say dates stop on the 28th of May for six weeks. And in six weeks' time, yeah, we the have the 29th of May. The greyhound industry questions the French submarine deal, the issue of fracking and the financial health of our universities. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. You know, a little while ago, Roy, I mentioned the referees, the touchies and the timekeepers and so on. And I tell you what, you know, I mean, you know, obviously uh, they have to be considered. And I was just wondering yeah. today, something that's been overlooked in the celebration of Anzac Day, mm. uh, and uh, I know I haven't said it to you officially, but happy Anzac Day, yes. uh, is, is people who like their two-up. Yeah. Uh, now, I believe you could play virtual two-up. Oh, can you play two up online? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Two up online or two up uh, Skyping in, Zooming in, oh. trying to get a school together, maybe yep. 50 mates, uh, and then obviously somebody would be there, obviously have to flick it up and down. What a good idea. Uh, but I think that would bring the nation together. I mean, if you're standing in your driveway, mm. you could be standing in front of an iPad and uh, obviously playing two up with uh, lots of other people. You it, could. But I'm just wondering if it, it, yeah. I mean, I don't want to put more burden onto uh, people on this day, you know, in yeah. terms of organising that. But a simple, you know, log on, yes. count me in, I want to be in a school of, say, 100, that yeah. sort of stuff, or I want to be in a school of four. You know, you know I, I don't want to be and I won't be critical of the War Memorial, HG. You know that, I won't. But I would have thought a little bit of forethought from the War Memorial as part of their official site should have been a two-up app. A two-up app or, or some sort or of some sort of social, site that, yes, yes, is social messaging. Yes. And and I was just wondering, would it be too much, you know, say in a narration uh, mm -hmm. this morning at the Dorney, yes. uh, if that came up, you know, and by the way, we know people are isolated in home, but if you want to play yeah. two-up, this is the place to go. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that would have happened. That would have happened yes. had they had the site up and running, yeah, which they, they haven't. Yeah. They haven't thought it through. I know. I know. It's difficult, isn't it? And to think that that... 
excellent proposal that you suggested about South Australian Rugby League. Yes. Uh, and its contribution to the war effort over many, many years, over yeah. 100 years, in fact, yeah. uh, is going to get its own room. Is It would be a terrific announcement it would be to, to, to finish the day off. Yes. You know, because it's all gone great. It's been the best Anzac Day ever. Yeah. And by the way, uh, a dedicated room is in the yep. War Memorial now yep. for acknowledging South Australian South Rugby Australian League. Rugby League. Now, <clears throat> it could be called the Joel Reddy Room, HG. Joel Reddy being the first coach of the Rams? Well, is that no, what you're well, his father was. Oh, okay. That's Rocket Ready. But Joel was born and played his early rugby league in South Australia mm-hmm. uh, while, while Dad was managing the Rams. Okay, the Joel Reddy room. And then moved up to, uh, to, to, and, play, uh, to play in the major competition. And while we're thinking of, uh, you know, the past and the future and so on, is it too much to suggest a rugby league or sporting room in the Monash Centre in in France. Oh, I think so. You know, with an emphasis on football codes. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, obviously Diggs, you know, played yeah. rugby league and uh, obviously the AFL for many, many years. They and did. many fell in service of both and, ki- and the Chris, code. There should be a Keith Miller room, for example. Yeah, well, indeed, indeed. A Keith Miller room. But what I'm thinking of is... is he, he flew Spitfires. I know, I know. And he was once asked, I think, about whether it was yeah, hard to place it, the... Uh, you know, the fast bowling or have a the hunt up your ass. Yeah. I think in a plane was his uh, immortal comment. It was. Uh, now, what I'm suggesting though is we take this a step further and maybe stage a match mm. at Monash, uh, the Monash Centre, uh, you know. Oh, Australia v France. Well, not bad, not bad. Um, I hadn't gone that far yeah. with my thinking about it, mm-hmm. but as part of, you know, say, Anzac Day, yes. April the 25th and so on, yeah. we could get some more focus there because, as I understand it, you know, the numbers haven't been that impressive of people going and right. a lot of money's been spent. Yeah, and, no, a fortune. Uh, an absolute fortune. But, but and, I, I can't see people travelling in the foreseeable future. No, I know. I just but cannot the, see. The, hang you on. Know, a lot of people are going to want to get to the Monash Centre. Of course they do. Who yeah. doesn't? But you know, how long is it going to be? It could be years. Yeah, I know it could be years, but I'm just wondering if yes. we could have a Class A international. Oh, oh, yeah. A well, Class A international. I, I don't mind that idea. Could I suggest as well, actually, that it could be quite – it could be a good idea for both the AFL and the Rugby League to buy a few of those virgin planes. That are sitting on the Perth sitting tarmac. Sitting on the Perth tarmac under lockdown because – they might they, need their own plane. Yeah, well, I think every coach going to have to develop. Every coach will have to have its own uh, means of travel, air travel, yes. Now. To get its Class A citizens. Hang on. Backwards and forwards. Yeah. Are you suggesting that clubs – now, look, I'm all not, for – Not clubs. No, no, no. The, the code. The, the, the code. Right. The murderer and Volandis get together. And buy a couple of planes. And screw down a, a, a deal. good deal. On Virgin planes. on two of their own, you know. It's a brilliant idea. A380s or whatever they are. A380s? Yeah. There'd be a row for every player. <laughs> I'm not against it. No. But, that, I mean, that's But it's, it's going to be family as well. You know, Class A citizens are going to be. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. Nobody's going to go nowhere for a very long time. Yeah. But uh, uh, but road travel will come into its own. Rail travel will come into its own for yes. moving teams around. Yes. Unless dedicated uh, carriages for Class A citizens. Obviously, there will only be Class A allowed on most trains. But that plane idea—that's an idea whose time's really come and gone. Yep. What I was going to get to is mm. diversification. I'll come back to that in a minute. 
The 2020 Olympic Games are now the 2021 agenda. This change of date is the greatest Olympic challenge ever. If anyone can pull it off, it'll be the awesome foursome of John Coates, Lord Gosper, Bruce McAvaney and Dick Pound. The Olympics could not be in safer hands than these four bludgers on the blind side. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we broke a story about how broke the Sydney Cricket Ground was. Yeah. They don't, can't put on concerts, they can't put on events, they can't do nope. catering, they can't do nothing. Nope. We suggested they start digging up the joint and plant food there. Yes. Which they could then sell through, say, the gate yeah. at Driver Avenue. Yeah, or substances for Substance. which they can get. Big money. Yeah. Now, I believe it's, it, that was a, a glimpse into the future. And how about this? The Melbourne Racing Club mm. is using is utilising the facilities and manpower at its two race courses to provide fresh, restaurant-quality produce, meat, small goods and alcohol to customers in contact-free shopping service direct to the public. That's brilliant. We, we have a race club which runs, obviously, uh, yeah. on Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, not all the time, but mm. every so often on Saturdays and occasionally during the week. Yeah. They have uh, two Caulfield and Mornington of the race courses. Yep. Now, boxes of, uh, range from uh, fresh fruit and vegetables to small goods, fresh meat, uh, seafood, poultry, dried goods and dairy, wine and beer and premixed drinks are also available. Boxes uh, are put together under strict health and safety protocols in the MRC kitchens yep. and delivered direct to car boots in the car park yep. as customers will not need to leave their car. The MRC is hoping it will be convenient and valuable to those who still want to shop fresh at minimal markup mm-hmm. without exposing themselves to the risk of shopping in supermarkets and fresh food. Isn't I mean, that how that is an idea? fantastic idea? And so you drive in, yeah. obviously there's plenty of space to drive in, yeah. and you get a load, you may be able to, uh, you know, uh, dial up. How do you know what you're getting, though, HG? Can well, you... wait a minute. Right. To order, visit the site below. Obviously, they have oh, a list of products. Place your order yes. and then collect your produce direct from Caulfield or Mornington Race, a course, during the next available pickup window. So let's say you, they mightn't be able to do Sunday, but they could do Monday. So you dial up on Sunday and say, I'll have some broccoli, I'll broccoli, have some, some almond milk. Aubergine. Yeah, some might pack it a couple of lemons. Lemons. I... Do you think of magic biscuits? <laughs> <laughs> now... It's an incredible. Uh, it's a brilliant service. Isn't I know. It? I know. Obviously, are you that, suggesting the SCG could do something similar? I think the SCG is mad if it doesn't do something similar. Imagine that supplies from the SCG. Yeah. This is this is uh, you know obviously yeah. a terrific. Uh, so is this product that, that comes directly from the farm gate, HG? Now that's an excellent question, and I can't answer no. that. Let's um, let's assume it does. So so with the supply chain, how do, how does that work? Does the SCG have to? employ people in trucks to visit farms, to get produce, well, to bring it in? Do they get the busy box company involved? All of these things, yes, and, yes, yes, yeah. and more yes. Uh, but there would be people who intermediaries who may be able to help, say, because maybe you can't get the sort of silver beet you like yeah. or your silver beet's a bit iffy, yes. then you could go to a supplier, an organic supplier, if you were interested in organic food, yes. who would be able to supply the super beet, sorry, the silver beet to your outlet, like right. the M- Melbourne Racing Club. Okay. They've got two venues, as I mentioned, Caulfield and Mornington. Yeah, 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 so yeah, you yeah. might find that one's got more and could shunt the mm. leftover or the oversupply to the other. Right. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, this is where, yep. this is where the social media comes into its own in these yep. crisis times. Could I suggest – it annoys me often, HG, say, with recycling mm-hmm. where you've got to tear boxes apart to put oh, them in your bin. I know. 
It's just such a waste. I know. Could we have a bin, a box drop-off at the SCG and the MCG? Now, what I'm worried about there is mm-hmm. what's been in the box before you dropped it off. Oh, dear. Uh, so, obviously, you know, you, yes. you, need to, you need to be mindful that people might be using this to store lemons in. Uh, yes, that's true. You know, or oranges. Would it be possible or to spray the box? Yes, you might Spray have to. Spray the boxes arise with, say, Pinoclean or something like that. Pinoclean, I'm liking that. Yeah. I'm liking the sound of that. And use Pete's lamp <laughs> to run the box over Pete's lamp. Not, yeah, well, it's not going to hurt. <laughs> How to build a healthy community? Form a club. Build a clubhouse. Win matches. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. And, and I must thank uh, our correspondent in, uh, in Belsize Park for the information concerning the MRC. I mean, I don't know how these people in London are way ahead of where we are in Australia yeah. concerning what's available on course. Sure. And then, of course, you might be able to stay. Well, you wouldn't be able to really, would you? No, you, you might no be it's car only, isn't it? Car only. But you don't leave thinking, your car. No, I was thinking if you were there at the time of race. Come in and you might notice that you've got an interest in the 215. Ah. So you pull in, pick up your boot, and then all of a sudden they're flashing past the post. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, do know what you mean. Yeah. So it's possible. It's wonderful possibilities there, as she. Now, speaking of racing, this is a lovely yep. story. This is a good news story. Mm-hmm. Troubled jockey Luke Tarrant has been punished for breaching social distancing restrictions. Yep. And what's he done? He's head-butted a rival jockey. Luke has. Luke has. Isn't that amazing that he didn't get it because he went up and started nattering to him about... Yeah, that's know, not his league. go normally. No, Tarrant has been disqualified from riding for six months after yeah. pleading guilty to misconduct the misconduct himself during an incident in Brisbane on Wednesday. Right. It's understood uh, Larry Cassidy and uh, young Luke mm-hmm. were involved in an argument after race nine at Doombin before yeah. Tarrant head-butted Cassidy on the nose with his helmet. Dear. Him on the Do we know what the bridge. incident was? Did, no, I did, don't. Did you I've got to be watch ra- race nine? Seven, race nine was it? Yeah, race nine in Brisbane. No, look, I I am often on course. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, if they were, if I was allowed, but I had to watch <laughs> this one on television. Well, it, wouldn't uh, it be fascinating to have a look at that race? It would again now to be most revealing. Yes. The fight occurred in the weigh-in scales area. Right. The incident reported stated that in considering the penalty, the stewards took into account the significant contact of the jockey, that's yes. Cassidy, mm-hmm. and also to the breach of code not COVID. 19 social distancing protocols. Now, yes. that's an idea that I hadn't thought of. If you thump someone, you're breaching the... You're breaching. You never are. Mind, never mind the attack. Yeah, all you that are. Sort of stuff. Yeah, breaching. yeah, yeah. Well, it's just another charge, isn't it? But it is. Was Tarrant... He'd be aware of the social distancing policies. Oh, of course policies. he would. Wouldn't he's, he's not an idiot. Person. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, obviously, and the potential of his actions to have an adverse effect on the racing industry. Right. The band comes as now, Tarrant... Cassidy's pretty wily. He would have deliberately got... Got oh, up his nose. Him, wound him up. Something he wound awful. him right up. I know. Did, did they interview Cassidy about the matter? I don't think so. No, I bet they didn't. The band comes as Tarrant was making a comeback after facing criminal charges oh, in dear. 2019. Oh, dear. What was that about? He's, I'm not sure. His ban will be lifted on October the 22nd. Tarrant has ridden 35 winners so far this season, so yes. he's got some form. Cassidy has confirmed he will ride tomorrow in Sunshine Coast. That was must have been today that he's riding. Right. And uh, and uh, race one and six. So he's got two mounts there despite his nose injury. He'll right. be on three for those who want to follow the uh, Cassidy Is his nose trail. broken, HG? I think so. Broken? Yeah, broken. But he had the paddle pop six. The president oh, of mine okay, has got the paddle pop sticks up. He'll Luke, be on a three-year-old bellicose. He doesn't know Ben from MasterChef, does he? There's no... Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Suggestion. That... Uh, 
there's, there's some sort of correlation between Ben's disappearance from MasterChef and, and the headbutt Ka- laid on mm. Cassidy. No, from my understanding, and this may be wrong, mm. MasterChef, they've filmed a lot of episodes a fair time ago. Oh, I suppose you're right. And so maybe... Oh, it, no, I think it's still going. I don't think it's finished No, no, yet. no, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. But they filmed, say, episodes 1 to 19 yes. before lockdown, right. and now they're trying to film 19 to 35 yes. after lockdown. After it, lockdown, With, yeah. the, you know, the appropriate protocols. Yeah, and without Ben. And without Ben, yeah, obviously, because he's, you know, he's... he's we don't know, dressing as, taking... as a policeman selling ice cream or something. Now, there's an idea. I mean, the police, <laughs> I don't want to give the police more things to do, but have they thought about a line of ice cream? I mean, I just put it out there. <laughs> Harness Racing is committed to zero emissions by 2050. No other sport has made such a commitment. This... Is Bludgeon on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Speaking of injuries, and I hope uh, I hope we haven't touched on this before, but what a great story it was, uh, jockeys and injuries and how things go. You know, uh-huh. Grant Buckley, who we mentioned before, is a very tough customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he rode three races recently uh, earlier this month at uh, Newcastle with a fractured collarbone after an, uh, an incident earlier in the program. Right. Funnily enough, when I was riding, I didn't feel too bad, but once I cooled down after the three-hour trip of driving myself home from Newcastle, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Now, uh, it's the fourth time I've done the collarbone. I, I'd done the left one uh, once mm. uh, and the right one now twice. Right. Uh, what do they say? No brain, no pain. He's got a you know, self-deprecating form of humour. Yep. Uh, Buckley, who racks up more kilometres than most, I think he does 80,000 kilometres a year oh, to ride. chasing rides, yeah. yeah. chasing rides. Yeah. Uh, it'd be sidelined for up Did to six weeks. Did he break weeks. the collar? Did he fall off he the fell horse? Fell off the, fell horse. Off the horse, yeah, yeah, after falling there. But that can happen, though, because you well, can Well, I suppose it can, but if it happens hot. too often. Uh, this is the third time he's fallen off it the horse. It might be the fourth time. Well, I, he, might, a... he would have fallen off the horse heaps. It's just he hadn't done the collarbone. Yeah. But he must be it's a quick a techni- tender. It's a technique issue. Technique, isn't yes, it? yes, absolutely right. The landing. The landing. Yeah. Well, stay on the bloody saddle. Oh well, that's, if you can't, you know, if you, you can't, learn to, leap learn to off. Break, yeah, leap off. Learn to break your fall. Mm. Now, it reminded me of a story about fractious Bruce Woodis, who did both legs once. Yeah. I remember you were very cruel with him because I called him Stumpy because he couldn't walk. Yeah, because he dragged himself off the he horse. Did. He won the race. He did on on the slug. I think it was. It he was came back. Slug. He came back to scale and yep. you thought he was having fun. I did. Dragging himself around to the yes. – getting on the I scale. I thought he was having fun at the expense of Toulouse-Lautrec. <laughs> well, yes, that's one for the art buffs. It is. Uh, but but no, he wasn't. He'd he broken wasn't. both legs. Yeah. And what was great was I think the ambulance had attended to somebody on course with a heart attack yes. and so it was off course. It was one of those weird timing it things. Was. So there he was. I had to carry him to the hospital. Bludging on the blind side is a proud supporter of the interfaith club-neutral ecumenical church service for players, officials, fans and families held weekly at 6am at Lotto Land. No need to book, just turn up. I don't want to put you on the spot, especially on Anzac Day, Mm -hmm. but I'm just wondering where you see Rugby Australia going now, Rugby Union in Australia. Uh, Remember a while ago it was all up, there was... uh, Twiggy Forest Indo-Pac comp. <clears throat> yep. There was uh, teams, you know, we were playing in a competition uh, that went from South Africa across to Australia and then on to New Zealand. Yes. There were so many teams. Sure, we never knew where these teams came from, but we just knew they were there and they played rugby. Mm. Now this week it seems as though something's gone horribly wrong with the 
organisation, the administration and the culture, yeah. the nuance, can I put it that way, yes. of rugby union. Yeah, you can. Uh, mm. The 10, there were 11 obviously, as I said in my opening comments, and only 10 stuck. Yeah. Old captains, let's face it, written these letters hundreds and hundreds of times before because that's what you have a group of old captains to do. Yes. To write to the central administration and tell them they're hopeless. Yep. Uh, yep. And we could do better. Yep. Now, yep. then, of course, the sad thing that happened is that the thing that Rugby League went through, they lost their CEO, has happened now to Rugby Australia. Yes. And I'm suggesting to you that the coronavirus is a very big change bringer yes. because and accelerates the creeks in sport that were there before the coronavirus came that yep. were papered over by, let's yep. face it, a, a tissue of... You that's know, right, mm, that's right. Well, well, when you have no longer games being played, a lot of people start thinking, well, look how big this office is. Do um, we need it? Head office, look how big it is. Mm. Do we really need, mm. you know, to be employing four and a half thousand, a staff of four and a half thousand to run this show? Mm. Whereas back in my day, this would be the captains talking, back in my day it was just two people. Yeah. Not knowing that, you know, it's a much more difficult world to, to negotiate, run navigate competitions these. over three, yeah. four countries. <clears throat> indeed, indeed. It, it takes a, a lot more and, uh, you know, they, they will realise in time. Uh, I don't think Raylan Castle was doing a bad job at all. No. She's given a very bad set of cards, it seems to me. Rugby union has been on the nose for as long as I can remember. I know. I you know, know it's, it's a BA organisation, i.e. busted ass, we're not very good at it. No. We're seventh in the world. We're seventh in the world. Uh, Other countries take it more seriously. Uh, Other countries have more kiddies putting their hands up saying, you know, I'm interested in this sport. Uh, Unfortunately, not enough people in Australia are interested in it. Now, now, do you force people to get interested in it? Does it go back to schools? Do you, mm-hmm. do you, do you make it... Do you force compulsory? kids compulsory in schools? Uh, Is that going to happen? Are these captains going to bring about that? No, they're not. No. One name missing there means a lot to me in this list of captains. No John Eels. Yeah. You John often Eels. say to me when we get stuck, what would John what Eels do? John talk? Eels do? Well, John Eels didn't sign this no. letter. John Eels thought that she'd done a pretty good job. Yeah. So, did, uh, so did Michael Liner, who took his name off that list of captains signing that letter. Now, can I ask, we have a situation here where the Shoot Shield, yes. which is basically an amateur competition. It is. Uh, played in the spirit of the game of about a thousand years ago. It is. I, you paid for your own boots, you paid, registered, yep. paid all this sort yep. of stuff. Yep. You had. You uh, bring your own orange for yeah. half time. Exactly. You had a yep. blanket appeal to raise some money yep. for the player in hospital. And usually there might be 20 or 30 people there. It's not a big crowd. It's and not. they're usually friends or relatives exactly. of the players. Exactly. You've come down to see how. You've come the, down to see how. how the other half's gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's now, go see how Brian's going. Come on, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Put in, mate. Yeah. You know, that uh, sort of stuff. Duck, Brian. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell, there he goes again. No Don't idea. drop the ball, Brian. Composure. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah. And then side chat about, oh, they got out of their comfort zone today, yeah. etc. You know, the yeah, old yeah, yeah. things, you know. Yeah. Now, can I just ask whether in some ways that this isn't a bad model for the game to go back to? Oh, uh, it's the only model. You see... I, I, I take all the money out of it. I agree yeah. with it, H.G., now, yeah. See, the, we, we can't play the Super League or whatever the yeah. competition is we're against the Super Rugby. We haven't got the Crusaders and all of that. Yeah. Forget German that. German Sharks. They're too good for us. Yeah. <laughs> They're far too good. You now, know, well, I mean, if we are going to enter that competition, 
One team. One team. That's one right, team. for the whole of Australia. For the whole of Australia. Yeah. And, and that might be up to the standard then of the half dozen teams that come from every other bloody country who are much better than us. Yeah. Look, I think you're absolutely right. One team for Australia is an excellent idea. Yes. Now, can I ask whether uh, Qantas now mm. is a problem? Yeah. See, all these things were predicated on Qantas flying about the place. Qantas Wallabies. Qantas Wallabies. Yeah. Tipping money into the Wallabies can, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. obviously flying around for free and all yeah. that sort of stuff up yep. the front, the pointy end of the plane. That's it's not all gone. Happen. That's it's all, all gone. not going to happen. You're not going to yeah. be able to travel. Yeah. I mean, how, how, when do they? When do people think the no. border is going to be open? The Wallabies. Rugby's, the Wallabies is it's a concept. People in you know years to come will think they did what? Yeah, that's right. Well, players used to do what? Yeah. Travel on. where? Yeah. To play what? Yeah. I know, exactly right. Yeah. And, of course, the great irony of it is is that in the old days they used to say, well, we don't earn much money but look at our mm. passports. We've been everywhere. Yes. Well, now, of course, no one can go anywhere. No one can no go money. anywhere. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, you've got to look at the history of this, HG. You know, and I'm mindful that this has been uh, addressed in other media by other commentators, that when the Super League war broke out, rugby union players were very vulnerable to be purchased to play for rugby league clubs. Mm-hmm. So to combat that, the rugby union decided they'd better play their players the same way rugby league players were being paid and that's where the rot set in. Right. I, I haven't heard that analysis at all before. That right. Super League. Yeah. Right. I could have yeah. been persuaded that people got big heads and, you know, decided yeah. they'd well, play players. Were, and... Well, it was only one-way direction, all, one-way traffic all the time that you'd get a good rugby union player, Sticky Stewart, and would yeah, be go, bought yeah, by rugby, rugby league because they could offer them money, mm-hmm. whereas the amateur code, they weren't being paid a thing. So when the Super League war broke out, suddenly all these rugby union players were being offered silly money. You know, remember Steve Edmed, wasn't a rugby union player, but wasn't a very good player, mm-hmm. was offered something like $300,000 a year. Mm, to play rugby Astonishing league. Astonishing money. Yeah. That was in the Balmain Tigers, I yes. seem to remember. Yeah. Now, we come to the problem of Cricket Australia and then yep. this is writ large, isn't it? Cricket it is. Australia relying on travel they are. as their source of revenue. It's their only model, isn't it? It is. So India, India coming here. Exactly. T20 in, World Cup. coming here. T20 coming here. Well, that that's all gone. Yeah. That's all gone, and I don't know how. We've, we've got to revive our domestic competition by considering the all the uh, the Sheffield Shield players Class A citizens who can tra- travel between states. And then the difficulty will be that they can't go to international matches no. unless they're prepared to go into lockdown. Well, a bit hard to know yeah. how London's going to emerge or England's going to emerge yes. out of this. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to say mm. because they look more closely... It looks a, a little bit more like the United States model yes. than yes. our model. Our model has only been echoed by New Zealand. We appear to be the only ones who've really, of rugby and rugby league playing cricket, playing countries, to have flattened the curve. And can I ask, are you seeing a, a, a 15-match series Australia v New Zealand? Yeah, I am. Going, yeah, it's I going, am. Going, and we've got to talk it up. Yes, we've got to talk we it up. We have a duty as Australians, as, as Anzacs. Anzacs. We call it an Anzac series. Mm. What a great idea. An Anzac series. In rugby union, rugby league and cricket. cricket. Although rugby uh, union maybe not because they're far too good. Yeah, and of course the Chapel Hadley Trophy. At oh, least we, you know, well, that takes on a new dimension. It does. It? it does. It's your premier cricket competition. Forget your ashes. Yes. I mean, that's old hat. It is. But what I find really mm. difficult is these all these organisations yes. had no idea no. that it would stop. No. No, 
because no one had prepared them for a pandemic. No one. The most decent people on earth, Australians. The fittest people on earth, Australians. The fittest, most decent Australians, the AFL community. Celebrated each week here on The Bludge. Now, uh, Roy, one thing that emerged was coming back to your CEO for Rugby League. Yeah. Uh, you know, the nuance and all that sort of stuff. Now, yeah. <laughs> which I like, and I think it's very important to get somebody with nuance. Yeah, palette. Um, <laughs> palette, that's right. Mm-hmm. Now, something that occurred to me during the week, which I didn't like, was the idea, never mind the problem of playing and all that sort of stuff, finding a new CEO is not easy. Mm-hmm. But the difficulty is, see, we can't get an international anymore, can we? No. No. I suppose maybe you could get somebody who thought they'd go into quarantine and all that sort of stuff yeah. and emerge, et cetera. Anyway, it was suggested that uh, Russell Crowe rang Peter Volandes yes. with the idea of uh, putting up Shane Richardson, the former South Supremo, yes. as a CEO. Uh, a Trouble is too job. many people ate his guts. <laughs> I know. You know. I but know. that's rugby league nuance, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> that's right. You, you take it as read that someone's going to hate your guts if you play rugby league, if you play for a club. Now, Graham from uh, Caring Bar yes. is sort of germane here. He's suggesting that if former Australian rugby captains can have a say about the future rugby Australian CEO, why can't Rugby League have a similar similar say in the appointment of the new CEO? Although he's suggesting that former Australian Rugby League captains, uh, former committee, committee, he's suggesting a committee a of, committee. of Rugby League grubs or hard men to twist the arm of Volandis to get the right bloke up. And I use the term bloke advisedly, as he does. He says, chaired by Les Boyd, Les other Boyd. members could include Mark Guyer, Terry Randall, Blocker Roach, Hopper, Rod Reddy, Anthony Watmo, Tommy Radonikus, Willie Mason, Mario Fennick, amongst others, to form a committee to twist Vlandis' arm to get someone with rugby league nuance, i.e. Roach or Dunn, <laughs> into the top into job. Into the top job. Or Tuvi. Isn't that an excellent I hadn't thought of that at all. What a great left field idea because yes. so often, as you point out, the captains all talk to each other all the time. They do. You won't get any bright ideas. No. But imagine John Hopawati on a selection committee. Yes. I mean, imagine that, you know, you're, yeah. you know, nervous out in the waiting room thinking, yeah. oh, I'm going to go and talk to Hopper and Les Boyd. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah. I've got Tuves. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least the easy one, I can handle him. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then yeah. when push came to show, yeah. you know, and push like, would come to show. Oh, no, pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, Vlanders would know what they. I mean, and can I point out that two of those players play for Manly? Need I say more? Yeah, I know. Need I say more? That people would hate their guts. But whoever you choose, HG, someone's going to hate their guts. I know. That's the beauty of rugby league. This is the Church of Football Redemption, bludging on the blind side with the collection tray and a slab of fruit and nut. It's those lively lags and the double XL shorts, Roy Slaven and HG Nelson. And Roy, uh, look, I know I think you've answered this before, but I'm not sure quite what the answer is. Is is Watsford Oval available as a hub? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. of course. No, yeah. we're ready to go. The lifts, the lifts in play, and that's yeah. always going to be a talking point. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know, not that the players need it; they don't. And how would you go for accommodating players? I mean, uh, you oh, know, there's plenty of hotels. Actually. Plenty of hotels. Yeah, there's the exchange, the commercial, the bloodhouse, the um, courthouse, um, yeah. and they could go to Oberon. Donnybrook. Yeah, uh, and you go as far as as Wang. Yeah. Whatever, well, you know, or Portland. You've yeah, got wonderful accommodation. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And you could see it as a hub operating as a hub 
as in, yes, you know, I, say I could four see, or five teams gathering yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. The other, I, I think the Group 10 area could be an absolute hub. Mm. And the AFL's got to find its own hub as well, which may be around the maybe Ballarat. Ballarat, yes, that's very good. I noticed at one point they were suggesting Tasmania. I'm not sure whether oh. they're going to do Tasmania or not. Well, Tasmania's not flattening its curve in a way no, that's indeed, that giving a lot of confidence yeah. to come on down. Yeah. And and finally, Roy, I know we've only got a couple of minutes on this, but um, I was disturbed to see AFL again, it, everything falls apart, the spat between Eddie Maguire and Caroline Wilson on oh. footy classified, very unsightly, talking about Lockie Hunter and the desire of, on one part of, uh, I suppose, Ed and them to protect the players and yes. Caroline Wilson to think there has to be more transparency. Yes. And then the thing of, well, you know, the media only wants to get a blood out of the player because that sells papers and sells yeah. seven o'clock news. Uh, H.E., I, I, th- I thought it was unedifying. Mm-hmm. No pun intended? No pun intended. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I thought it was terribly unedifying. But it made me think that this lockdown, this virus, is impacting AFL players in a way that hasn't been impacting rugby league players. No, it's a fascinating thing, isn't players it? Players are going mad. Yeah. They're doing really stupid things. Yeah. Um, Hitting four cars. Yeah. Running off. Running off. Yeah. A really stupid thing. That's more you, – you'd associate that more with when, rugby league. In the old days. When, when the game's playing. playing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Look, it's been a fantastic Anzac day to share it with you, Roy, from, uh, you know, your oration this morning, you know, yes. Lithgow, a town built on bullets. I thought that was just fantastic. And I've got to say is that, uh, you know, the social distancing has brought a new yeah. emphasis, a new – examination of what Anzac Day means, mm. it sadly we won't be able to have it ever again. No. So, you know, lemon zest in your Anzac biscuits this afternoon. That's, that's been the, the takeaway, hasn't it? <laughs> it certainly <laughs> has. And uh, that's it for The Blind Side this week. Thanks, Australia, for joining us on The Blind Side for another bludge. Uh, join us when the whips are cracking again and Roy and I are packing down looking to do bugger all. It's a captain's call, thanks, Riff. Blokes. Let's have a bludge on the blind side with Roy and HG. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.